0: Welcome back, peeps to Perfect.dev, where we give you cats the precious dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode brought to you by Storyblock. Build anything and publish everywhere.
1: Welcome back perfect peeps to another perfect.dev. Today we have with us Greg Whitworth from Salesforce to talk about OpenUI. and if you've ever created a select dropdown or tooltip or tried to style pretty much any kind of custom component, you will know the pain that Open UI is trying to solve. So we're going to get started and talk about that today. Greg, do you want to give us a little background and intro into how you got into this?
2: Uh, sure yeah so I've been at Salesforce for now about 2 2 years I've been uh, I work on like the UI framework platform team here so uh LWC is a framework that we use here it's comparable to like you think Svelte or Vue or something along those lines um prior to this I I worked on uh HTML over on Microsoft Edge um and uh spent a ton of time uh, there working with folks across different browser vendors and stuff of that nature um I don't know how much you want me to get into like how Open UI got started, but like spent a ton of time in standard CSS Grid, CSS Working Group, uh, Flex, all those wonderful interop stories through the years, and finally the transition over to, to Chromium uh, the last two years I was there, uh, which was nice, which allowed, actually, to be able to spend some time thinking about projects such as Open UI. Um, oh, nice.
1: Do you work on the design system at Salesforce? Don't they no, have no, Salesforce no, no.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay, they do. Yeah. So the Lightning design system, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's that's another team. I work closely with them, but yeah, I don't work on it directly. I got you. You kind
0: of, you kind of brought up an interesting part with the LWC piece. Um, for those who don't know and haven't checked it out, that is pure web components, correct?
2: Yeah, so we have a few polyfills, so like, but it is built on top of, uh, um, on web components just because of the fact that like ultimately at the end of the day, you know, we know that the web platform will kind of be forever, but frameworks kind of change all over the place. Um, and so we took a heavy, uh, made a heavy bet on web components years ago and, um, wrote a lot of, um, uh, polyfills cause we like Salesforce uh, Salesforce enterprise software. So we have to support I 11 and all that other stuff. So we have a ton of polyfills. Um, but like I'm super actually stoked yesterday. We actually just announced that we're going to be in any support for them. Uh, I 11. So oh, yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. And also we've, uh, done a lot of work, uh, because of that, like we've also started, Salesforce has been landing, uh, working with the Galia landing features uh, into native web components so that we can move, remove even more things that like Salesforce specific. Uh, like, so like we are working with them, like on fixing some like the ARIA reflection issues uh, with native shadow DOM accessibility issues and stuff, as well as um, uh, Shadow Realms actually just landed. Um, so that's something that we have for like Locker, for example. Um, at Salesforce for security reasons for cross namespace uh, component reversal, um, so all kinds of cool things that are, are happening in that space. But yeah, this is the design system, the components that you can use at Salesforce. Um, so this is yeah.
0: this is completely open source as well, or no?
2: Uh, no, I don't think okay. so. I, I mean, you can go. This is just the, the catalog, so people can kind of see them and go like use them because we have the builders and stuff when you're building apps on Salesforce itself.
0: Gotcha. It's it's funny because I like huge huge fan of web components forever and like stencil was the thing and then like lit element yeah. was the thing and like yeah we finally like decided like web components aren't the next thing. And I'm like, when did, who made this decision? And I'm like, I'm well, I thought everyone was to, like, going that way, right? Yeah, I'm
1: interested to hear Greg's opinion on web components, which I mean, you went all in on them, but like, why do more people not use them? I have yeah. an opinion, but I want to hear your opinion. I don't know.
2: Uh, I actually feel like they, they, especially with like React stepping forward and supporting custom elements, um, I actually feel like that's a huge win. Um, uh, I feel like they will be cemented. I think one of the things that's kind of a misnomer is like if you're gonna look on Twitter, for example, there's a lot of people that get kind of uh, in arguments between web components and frameworks. And it's like right now what web components can solve is pretty much the leaf nodes. Like that's what they can solve. That's just reality. Like, so it's like you can build a bunch of leaf nodes and they become very portable. You can go anywhere where a web browser that supports native web components can render. And that makes it super powerful. So like, but can you build a full application just with native web components? No, cause you have to manage all the state and stuff yourself and all those other things. So you're still gonna reach for some framework. And then even in that, there's still a lot of like DX things that uh, web components, native web components don't bring to the table that like, for example, like LWC that's some of the things that we do is we like are like you know what, you don't have to author native web components this way. And it's things that I've talked to a lot of the standards folks about, like why don't we just have declarative uh, custom elements by default, where it just boilerplates the, the meaningful defaults of a native, you know, rather than having to go, let me go register it. It's like, you guys have the lists. You know, the second you see a dash, look at the the tokenized name and say, is it in the registry? If it's not, put it in the global one. You know what I mean? And it's like, set up the bootstrap. If I want to reach for JS to go set my own, like tweak the defaults, then sure. But there's just some of those like DX things that don't exist. Um, so I think people will continue to reach for frameworks probably forever, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, that's exactly my opinion, too, is that the DX of web components is not as nice as some of the frameworks make it's it. Hard.
2: <laughs> it's oh, like, for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so kind of steering back total side
2: yeah well it's great always yeah.
0: like get me interested in like I've done angular elements and like all kinds of things and I was like huge on it and then like that DX piece like just crushes my soul every time so it's it's a really good discussion so I think of- it's
2: worth just just sorry to just like piggyback okay. just one last thing like so is almost all of them now you can go look you spelt all of them you can transpile down to native web components and okay. so it's one of those things where it's like I think more and more are going to start using that as the like transport layer for interop. It's like, sure, choose your, your framework for, um, DX and we'll continue to fill the gaps. And I would point people to the web components community group that are trying to even bridge that interop layer for protocols. So anyways, I'll show that to your point.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. That's great stuff. Like I'll dig into that further. Um, for sure. So, uh, kind of steering back to our original thoughts around the design system for web. There's, there's this whole piece, um, that you're working on called open UI. Um, can you just break down a very high level and then we'll, we'll do an ad and come back, but high level, what is open UI all about?
2: So hopefully nobody ever has to build their own (laughs) custom (laughs) components or controls again, to be completely honest with you. Um, like I think, uh, Somebody, I think Brittany, you asked at the very beginning, whoever's built their own select control. Yeah. Um, that pretty much is the, the crux of it, is usually when we, we went out and we did a bunch of surveys my last couple of years at, at Microsoft, um, and we're just kind uh, of, our, our leadership asked the right question, which is, hey, you know, we're spending all these time revamping all the Chromium controls and components to match what we had, because we had a very high bar in our opinion. Uh, for our controls in edge HTML. Um, And they were like, we never see our controls and components when we're browsing the web normally, like all of these, especially the really complex ones, like sure we see our input there and button and so on. Um, So why are we spending this much time building them? And it actually was highlighting the problem, not necessarily like we shouldn't invest in this. It was actually like, well, everybody goes and rebuilds them. And then when you dig into why do they go rebuild them? A lot of them, it's actually just because they want to change colors. Like it may be as simple as that. But then, of course, there's this broad spectrum of, oh, well, I wanted to add in, you know, an extra item here. Like, so if you think of like the video element, for example, you have an attribute of controls or no controls. so like, it's all or nothing. Yeah. And it's like so many of them, it's like, well, I just wanted to add another, you know, icon down in the menu bar down at the bottom. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so now I have to completely rebuild an entire video editor you know, or go grab a third party one, right? That's probably what most people are going to do. They're going to go grab a third party one, but it's like the fact that you have to do that when it was probably a very minor adjustment, like, or like the a good example of one that we had on Chromium was, hey, like I'm going to completely go build it because of the fact that like your, your window by default has a drop shadow and I can't remove that drop shadow. <laughs> and so it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, go rebuild the whole thing uh, so, that's the point of open UI is trying to standardize those controls and components so that they are stylable and extensible across that spectrum.
1: Yeah. And I have something I want to touch on that after the break, but Tony had a question before we do that. Is Salesforce backing open UI at all?
2: Um, It depends on what you mean by backing. Um, (laughs) I invest my time. So yes. In the fact that Salesforce is backing that in that way. Yes. Also a lot of our, I share every time that we get like new primitives and stuff come out. I share it out with the SLDs folks. They provide feedback. Like there's primitives coming out, for example, the the pop up as well as like anchor position for CSS. All these things, like they're building these things every day as well. And they're like, sweet, I can delete like 400 lines of JavaScript, and the browser can do it more performantly. Heck yes. So like they back it in the same way a lot of companies back standards, which is with their time.
1: Yes, time and time is almost more valuable than money sometimes (laughs) for these projects. Yep.
0: Cool. We'll we'll jump out um, to our sponsor and then we'll come back with some more. Thanks. Sounds
2: good. We know that creating content can be a tedious balancing act. Developers want flexibility to make seamless digital experiences while content teams need the tools to work independently. We make changes and are left to watch everything fall apart. We met our limits using plugin after plugin and waiting weeks for edits. All for this. We knew it was time to rebuild the blocks. Storyblock gives marketers creative control and use a visual editor to actually see what they're doing. And developers are no longer restrained to a set of technology. Storyblock has made it simple for each market with localization and personalization tools and allows you to publish content on all channels and all devices. Truthfully, we all wanted the same thing. To deliver the right information to the right destination at the right time.
0: Thank you again, Storyblock, for ad- throwing us some sponsorship money. Uh, that was Absolutely. really poorly put, but thanks, Storyblock.
1: Yeah. I wanted to touch a little bit on what Greg was mentioning before about like building your own select component. And I used to work for Granger building a design system. And we were building this uh, select component and trying to put the arrow in a specific place and flip it and change the color of it. <laughs> and doing that between all the browsers is the biggest pain. And so that browser compatibility piece is really what, is that what Open UI is trying to solve? How are we working with multiple browsers and getting it standardized across all of them?
2: Yeah, so the, again, going back to, so yes, that's the the why we're there is to like standardize those controls and components. And I'll be yeah. honest with you, it's kind of like an uh, a upward uh, uphill battle to an extent because- yeah. There is a desire and we, uh, to, to try to not do that because people are concerned that it locks, you know, it, it, it restricts innovation for the future. Um, and so like roughly, and was it a year and a half ago now uh, myself and Melanie Richards, who's at Netlify but was at Microsoft at the time. Uh, we presented jointly to the CSS working group to kind of like, is this a problem that the W3C the CSS working group, the browser vendors agree should be solved? Um, because of the fact that I know that argument, um, because I, I like, I used to work on an engine that would use the native components. And that was in all honesty, a lot of the reason that we would push back on that was like, we didn't want to rebuild the controls. We would just want to use the native ones. Um, and so it's one of those things where like the the way that we kind of shot that argument down in a lot of respects is we showed the very first Apple computer UI, we showed Windows 95. And it was one of those things that's like, has some of the layout change and maybe some of the interactions changed? sure. But the model itself is the same. The like general UI is roughly the same as well. So it's not like there's been like 30 years of drastic select innovation where it's like, okay, well now you have a scroll wheel and they're larger on mobile, or hey, maybe on my watch it's like laid out in a circle And, but it's like, the the goal is still the same. The model is still the same. And so maybe your controller code needs to change. Like basically again, that's where, but we have so much in CSS these days to be like where you generalize it down to pointers now rather than like clicks and hovers and this, that, and the other. And like with grid, it's like, okay, okay, give us a different media query then if you come out with a new form factor. So I think the time is right to where we can say, yeah, let's actually standardize the anatomy because we have to do that. We have to standardize the anatomy in order for, if we go back to the video scenario, in order for you to say, oh, I just want to add an additional control down at the end, well, that list has to be defined. Like we have to have that standardized and have the slots in the right place leveraging web components to be able to say, oh yeah, you can reach in and you can change the DOM, but we need some way for all the browser vendors to say, no, by default, we want to innovate and have our own world. But then you can kind of opt into this standardized behavior where we'll all agree on a user agent style sheet, we'll all agree on, controller code and anatomy so that you can level set. And this kind of happens behind the scenes today, you, but it's not standardized. So like when you touch like a button, if you go change and you say, I'm gonna go apply one pixel border to just a button, all browsers actually reset a bunch of stuff to a default, their own default but it's not standardized. So basically those are the things that we have to go standardize. It's like, what is that reset? And I'm not talking about CSS reset, mind you.
1: You're talking Um, about the browser vendor resets.
2: And standardizing that. So it's like, so yeah, so like imagine like we'll end up either having like an attribute or a CSS toggle of some form where it's kind of like, you know, appearance, it's similar to appearance none, but it's also saying, hey, your markup has to be exactly the same as well as all of your controller code is gonna be the same. And by the way, it's gonna be rendered in a way that web component functionality will work. So maybe by default, a browser vendor wants to actually use their native component. But once they see that, they have to revert into this like web tech space. um, So that you can use it, you know, you can then at that point use it just like you would bootstrap or I don't know, pick your component library of choice. I'm trying to
1: figure, is it accent color? Is that the new one that got added? Okay. Yeah.
0: in kind of referencing that, like, what we're trying to say is out of the box standardized like buttons and then kind of the hooks, the controllers that like come into those, this isn't trying to replace bootstrap or replace ant design or anything like that. It's just trying to get consistency amongst all the browsers to make that easier to work with.
2: Well, and to use like um, uh, Salesforce as a concrete example, like the select menu element that's in experimentation today, It's like I, once that gets to where it's like we've got, you know, the accessibility discussions kind of ironed out and we add in kind of like the comma box aspect, I would expect to then go to to uh, all approach like the SLDS folks and the base components team and be like, hey, why don't you guys, you know, take this for a sprint and see if you could basically replace swap out your current select with the select menu And everybody has more than enough work. So managing a select menu, like we would basically be able to delete all that code is my point. And so like the the expectation wouldn't be that design systems go away or component libraries go away. It's just like most people actually don't write their own button these days. They actually just use the button. And it's like how far along the spectrum can we keep moving that to where it's like, no, this solves 95% of the use cases to select with, or like, and then if we come out with a combo box, that was one of the key ones was, I want to be able to type and see it filter and all that other stuff. So it's like, if we land those, I think more and more people aren't going to have to be writing their own custom ones.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, so I'm trying to, I'm just trying to think of like a future where every browser has agreed upon all of these things, at least like the base set of them Just having a standard, like, yeah. yeah. Having that standard set, how impactful like is that? And why are we trying to accomplish that as a whole? Is it just so that we have more consistency um, and future proofing and not the mess that we used to be in? And I guess along that same line, is that kind of one of the reasons that Microsoft went with Chromium underneath instead of like trying to continue keeping up with all of this stuff?
2: Uh so I'll I'll take those as two questions. Okay. So the Here. the first one as it relates to like why are we doing this? It was um it was one of those things where it's like what ends up happening is people point to oh well I don't know pick any top, you know, Fortune 500 company that you want, pick them out and say they've got a team of devs focused and dedicated and working and building the best select menu on the planet, right? Yeah. It took maybe me and another PM when we first were investigating this of like, what is the ROI to the company and to the web platform as a whole, spending our time on this work. It took us maybe 30 minutes to find broken on Fortune 100 company sites, broken select or drop-down type things from an accessibility perspective. So it was one of those things where you're kind of like, hey, and then you can kind of like, based on what you're looking at, hypothesize why they you know, didn't go with the native one. Um, and it's one of those things where you just brought up accent color. It's like some of them truly it's, it was like a one-to-one with the native select, but they couldn't, you know, change the padding of the pop-up window or something of that age, something very basic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's one of those things where it's like, it has a real negative impact on users. Like, so like people, unfortunately, as much as people want to try even the best of us, like accessibility is really hard. A lot of us don't have people that can go do user research studies against the designs we've done to ensure that they're fully accessible. And then on top of that, like, we're kind of doing our best um, that we can, but, like, by bringing it, by standardizing it and centrally bringing it together, like, we have the ARIA working group, you know, working with us on these. Likewise, hey, when these start landing, like, uh, we already are starting to have the discussions in OpenUI of, like, okay, how do we get kind of, like, not necessarily a pool of money, but like who can actually go do the user research actually with this component, with, you know, users that actually are using like either, you know, braille devices or your you know ATs that most people use, you know, across that spectrum, you know, of accessibility, not just the, you know, tab or navigation with keyboard, for example. Um, and so it's one of those, uh, that is the reason we're doing it. And then on top of that, like when you stop and think about it, we were talking about time and money. At the at the time when we investigated this, like the, in my, Microsoft, we kind of kicked it off. At the time, like if you think of all the different products Microsoft owns, they had seven different component library teams that were <laughs> building them out. So it's like, so if, I don't know, pick however many people you think are the size that need to exist for building a decent component library and now multiply it by seven mm. and give them decent salaries and benefits and then also think not again that they shouldn't have those jobs but it's like what would you rather them be spending their time on yeah so that's that's it a, very it's, it's very impactful actually for the industry as a whole <laughs> it, it's, it's like terrible.
0: if if everyone that used the web ever to do anything at an enterprise level gave you a dollar maybe we have enough i don't know oh, like- it's
1: it's just such a waste of time these industries are or these companies are putting the money and time into these developers to do this and then having them create these components that aren't accessible. So it's
0: yeah,
1: that's the difficult part for me, is that then they're like customizing these things to fit the company, the designer standards, but they're Enjoying not accessible it. for the users. Yeah. yeah.
2: Or or not performant. Like there's any number. Yeah. And that that's to me, that was one of the key things was like, so if you take up the pop-up, which is the most one of the most recent things that You know, we've started working on the open UI and Mason Freed and folks from Google have done a great job on the prototypes and planning that work um, is uh, they can do things from a performance perspective we can't do. So like when you start thinking about anchor positioning and if you think of like select, so here's the button, right? And then there's the pop-up, well, based on how much real estate I have, where should we show that pop-up? Should we flip it or whatever? To do that in, in JavaScript, it's like you have to run that on the UI thread um, in order to get all the layout and positioning of things. Whereas like the browser already just went through layout already knows where that is, can have that on a composite layer. So like all of a sudden they can do things for performance that like we can't do in the UI layer, not to mention that's additional JavaScript you're having to manage and so on, but it unlocks the the potential for us to have these discussions of saying, no, we're actually going to lean in. We're going to not only solve this problem for a improved accessibility. Cause that's amazing. Um, but also for other things, and uh, again, the time savings can't be uh, diminished, and of course, the, the the monetary value to the companies of not investing in that that time I becomes valuable.
1: I should have yeah. mentioned a popover or tooltip because that was literally the worst component I've ever tried to build <laughs> with JavaScript. Is not fun.
2: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you have to do all the like first get the layout of the contents inside, then check all of your surrounding real estate, like. Do you have other things over top of you, under you? And like, and again, the browser already has understands how to do windowing, which is effectively what we're talking about to an extent. And so it's like, let the browser just do it. Let
1: yeah. the browser do so. what it's good at. Yeah, I think that yeah. might be a good time to talk about what components are available. You mentioned the dialogue or the modal kind of component. Is that what you were just referencing?
2: Well, so pop-up is, so it actually started out as a pop-up element. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of discourse between what is the difference between a pop-up and a dialogue and all this other stuff. But what we ended up actually doing is pop-up is now going to be an attribute. It's actually not going to be an element in itself because of the fact that you just brought up tooltips, for example. And so it's like it's one of those things that a pop-up is not necessarily it is effectively a generic container that happens to be rendered in the top layer. And so, but we kind of need to know that at the HTML time, not just the CSS time. So it's like, it's easy for people to think, oh, well, that's presentational, but it's like, actually, no, it has other implications for like ARIA, like ARIA has pop up and all these other, like you need to bind things together, uh, from a controller code perspective. Um, so that is a, it's not a component that is, will be available, but we're actually getting very close to where we'll actually take, uh, and this is actually in Chromium, you can go enable, um. Enable the experimental uh, platform features, and you can actually go play with you know the hey we have a button with a um, that anchors the button to a pop up, and you you add the pop up attribute, and boom, now all of a sudden it's on top layer. It'll light dismiss. You know you can hit escape, it disappears. You know you click off of it, everything like you would expect works with it, which is different from a dialog modal. We're super close to that actually getting graduated. We will actually take that to the what we G and land that in the HTML specification, at which point everybody will implement against <laughs> that. Um, but there's that one. Um, also the select menu. Uh, so like when we did the survey, select was by far and away the winner of like, mm-hmm. here's the one that we that we've recreated, here's the one that's the most frustrating, here's the one that like please work on first. So select menu is super close. Uh, the Microsoft Edge team has been primarily working on that. A ton of like engagement across open UI, browser vendors and stuff um, on that one. Uh, but they've been the primary drivers on that one. And they have a great blog post uh, on Microsoft Edge Dev as well as CSS tricks showing, I mean, they've got like the full spectrum. Like they've got the, you know, you can see them doing the GitHub label, you know, combo box. And again, out of the box, the select menu doesn't support combo box, but because of the sensibility model that we built it on you can do that as well as they show like an emoji picture. That's like, again, a circular as well as like a color wheel. And again, this is all just starting with select menu. So it's one of those things where it's like select menu, likewise enable experimental features, go check those out. Um, But it kind of shows you the model that we'll be building everything else off on. And I would say that's kind of like, both of these are really complex. So somewhat slow makes sense, but it's also we're kind of laying the foundation for what all the other ones will follow, and so it'll make it so all the other follow-on components will be able to r- relatively fast follow. They'll they'll go much quicker because we'll be like, okay, we do know the slotting mechanisms and the way in which we built Select Menu works, and you know we'll have that rapport. so we'll be able to kind of start cranking out more and more. So like the range, you know, slider, you know, depending on which one you want to call it, range slider um, is another one that people want. day pickers, color pickers, those ones. So. Um, you actually yeah. just
0: hit on something because i I feel like a lot of people watching this might not get to kind of what we're trying to like explain out, and maybe this is a little self promotion or whatever you wanna call it, but I have a little like example for us to take a look at, so hopefully okay. I'll like clarify this is the angular material um framework library, whatever you wanna call it um and here is their date picker. To load this and how much JavaScript and CSS there is, it's a crazy amount, relatively to like none that the browser provides for you. I I threw together this little code pen for DateTime Local, and now that this is supported, you can just click this and like, what's wrong with that? Like, I think it's- Look at
1: how ugly it is. (laughs)
0: That's what's and wrong with you guys it. can't see that. That's interesting. Oh no, we can't see it, it because popped it's up off the, the
2: yeah. well because it's in another window. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. in another window, and yeah. Um hang on. But yes, but to but to your point, Brittany, like yes, they would want complete control over how that layout <laughs> oh, inside. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I can't. And
1: is is that well because it's actually control?
2: a separate it's it's yeah, a, true, I was do my a native screen. window.
0: Here, let me let me just do yeah. this. It's going to get real weird. I'm not going to do that. I'm used to having more monitors. (laughs) That's okay.
2: That's okay. So
0: just imagine that thing's kind of cool. (laughs) Does
1: the window that you see look similar to the other window, though? Or does it look like your little input box there?
0: It looks a lot. like. So you mean like this window, right? Oops. The date picker.
1: Yeah, the date picker box. Like yeah. Yeah.
0: It's similar. I mean, it's not as nice looking as this. It's not as clean. But you literally ship nothing, and I get date and yes. time all at one thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's accessible. You can like you I mean, can pretty add pretty good all good. of the like accent color and all those pieces that, that work out of the box. It will work. So yes. that's the cool part is you splash a little bit of CSS on, not throw an entire framework out there, and you're good accent. to go
1: color is fairly new is it supported across yeah stores? it's
2: pretty new i don't know if it's uh la- i know it landed in chromium uh browsers i don't know if it's landed in uh, firefox or safari off the top of my head I know.
0: Yeah,
1: you... color. I know that's it looks like it's green
2: yeah, cool
0: what it was
1: yeah wow
0: i usually it was like... pretty
1: fast movement
0: for stuff that we post out, I usually check this before I'm like, okay, go use this, and that was that was one of them. So I did just
2: drop in a blog post to the select menu uh, CSS yep. tricks one. Um, so like, if you end up showing that one, the very first one is the one that I think really kind of shows the the flexibility the emojis of like it. Going through yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Me one second. There we go. Yeah, so if you just scroll down to this is Patrick uh, Brissett, uh, one of the PMs over at Microsoft, right? Yeah, scroll up the emoji one. Yeah. Oh, it's just Yeah, just, yeah, that that animated GIF. So if you have experimental stuff turned on, like this is just the same, like this will render just a regular select menu as well. But this is just showing, hey, because of the fact that we have fully defined the anatomy, we've, and so they're showing keyboard, you know, selection working there and it just still works as expected. It's like, hey, we laid it out, you know, in like a more radial form. Like it's not this like, hey, here's just a name picker that people think of when they think of selects. So they uh, style
1: everything. To, are those emojis styled with like grid or flexbox or are those just like laid out on each?
2: Uh, so box? like you, that, that's the beauty of it is when you set it back. It, like so I didn't build this one. My guess is he probably did it via grid is what how I would lay it out. But that's the beauty, too, is like because we will reset, like you can then do it however you want because you're just working. It's very similar to if you went and built your own component library yourself. Mm -hmm. No longer you're dealing with these like hacky workarounds. It's like just we'll give you the part, And at that point, you can touch it like anything Mm -hmm. else. And like one of the changes that we made to the spec for option elements was you can now put arbitrary HTML within them, which before you couldn't. So like if you wanted to make like a picker that had like somebody's avatar with their name and then like uh, like think of Flexbox layout, like, you know, mm-hmm. just in the option, like that wasn't possible. And it was just due to the fact that I want to do a different type of layout inside my option. Um, and so go to like, go to Google Outlook, it doesn't matter, go anywhere that and start searching for somebody, GitHub, you'll see their avatar show up next to you and you can't do that in an option element today. So it's like just even the most basic thing. So um, yeah, really super stoked fun. to see that move forward.
0: Yeah, it's, that's huge. Um, so I'll, I'll go back to a question I asked and uh, you can answer it or throw it however you want. Um, Internet Explorer or like Edge uh, sure. these days with Chromium underneath was the, the movement there was and I don't know if you know this or not, but like was it because everything was moving so fast they'd rather contribute back to the the main source of what was going forward or what what did that conversation look like?
2: Yeah, I mean, without getting into too many details, it came down to, like, at the end of the day, as much as people, and I, I will avoid getting on a on a rant here, um, as much as people want to say, hey, there's standards and specs and everybody should follow the spec, having worked in Edge and having worked on a ton of interrupt bugs, it actually doesn't matter what the spec says. It's just reality. It's like, what did the dev happen to author it in? how big is the site and what did they happen to test and what did they take a dependency on? Cause again, like in, it was not uncommon for edge to be following the spec, but us have to go ad- adjust the spec and edge because too much of the web took a dependency on a, a bug in a different browser. And it wasn't just Chrome. It could have been Safari, it could have been Firefox. Likewise, inversely, we, at times, people had taken the dependency on us and it's like, so it's one of those things where it's kind of like, it's fine in theory, but then in practice, it was one of those things where we were basically given the the amount of slippage that had been allowed. Um, we ended up, we were basically for lack of a better time, kind of like Frankenstein monstering <laughs> edge into chromium. That was what was happening was it was just like, yeah. it became less and less about like, hey, let's like go fight you know, the good fight for spec because of the fact that it was like, well, we're going to approach them and we would be like, well, there's too many devs that are taking dependency on this, so we can't break all these sites for spec purity. And so it was just kind of like, all right, we'll just update the WPT test. We'll tell them to update the spec to match what Chromium is doing uh, or whatever, pick your browser of choice that you think that we were breaking bugs with because mobile at the time, of course, iOS plays a role in that as well. Um, So, yeah, so I was actually thrilled when they made the call to move over because all of a sudden you got to go like, I mean, I had a litany of backlog items like I would toy around with container queries and I would toy around with, you know, I don't know, take your pick of, you know, pain points that everybody feels should have always been solved. And a lot of Microsoft wasn't able, like the edge team was not spending as much time as it could have been solving really complicated problems because it was just constantly trying to like make it so the internet ran. Um, So, so yes, hopefully that answers your question.
0: Yeah. I, I always love hearing kind of the backstory on like, it was headed one way and I was so thankful when it like, Finally shifted because i was like man we're, we're gonna kill ie 11 finally like why are we going it's, divergent again
1: yeah so, it seemed like a sigh of relief when you said that earlier and i think it is for anyone that has to like support ie we were all the way back to IE eight at my job and then they decided to drop that and keep ie 11 for a time and how big of a an impact did that have
2: yeah well so i mean it's mixed because like i mean there there were two options right it was like hey, basically match every other browser vendor with the same market share. So like have a roadmap to accomplish that. So if we take iOS, for example, go match them on that. So that again, you have a better standing for winning your, hey, you know, devs are gonna test for us or you're gonna match us from an investment of throughput with say a Google, for example. Uh, or you're going to say no? We're going to start contributing to one of these open source projects. And so it was kind of like, you know, you know, where do you want to, you know, place your bets? Where do you want to uh, do it? And so yeah, it was super awesome to to be able to move over there and be able to start for Like the focus group work that the you know Travis Letha and others are working on the, um, uh, just just all of the things like the privacy work that the Microsoft Edge team has been working on. It's just it's one of those things that it unburdened us from having to focus on interrupt problems mm-hmm. and saying. We likewise talk to a ton of devs and know a ton of problems that like nobody is actually focusing on right now. And so we'll pick those up and go champion those. And that's kind of, again, where Open UI actually enabled us to spend that time and actually do real product work and step forward and say, no, we're going to make a case for it. We're going to stand up a community. We're going to make it happen. Um, and without that, we would probably still just be, I don't know, take your pick on features. We would be implementing in hopes to stay stay afloat.
1: I think that's maybe a good time for you to talk about how do you get involved? How do we, like the users and people, how can we help?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. And like one of the key things uh, we put forward very early on. So Nicole Sullivan and I, Nicole Sullivan and I, um, I had I had met um, a long time ago about potentially setting up a community group for this, Um, and we we spoke about it. And one of the things we didn't ever, we didn't want to have happen is we wanted everybody that's building components and controls every single day to actually be the ones providing the insights. Because like as much as the browser vendors want, we want people to get on and provide their insights. Uh, Like take the CSS working group, for example. Hey, we want your input on X, Y, Z feature. But like actually implementing that needs a lot of spec knowledge and uh, Uh, browser implementation knowledge. And so it's kind of a high entry barrier for people to engage. Whereas interestingly enough, it's the inverse when it comes to controls and components, browser vendors rarely are spending time building them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the expertise is actually not at the browser layer. And so it's one of those things where it's like, we don't want to turn this into a working group because then you have to be a member to heavily participate to be on the calls and stuff. And so the community group, we spun up a discord, trying to make it as accessible as possible for like how people would expect to engage. Uh, I provide the link uh, elsewhere. Um, so it's like, jump on there and like, join us on discord. I put the uh, telecons in there every week. Ironically, I scheduled, it, I scheduled this uh, with you all over the the telecon. So luckily, Hid was able to jump on there and share for me, but um, Basically, yeah, I'll put the telecons on there, and it's just a Zoom link, and we jump on. I'll provide like there will be GitHub issues, and so I think that's the probably the best way is to just kind of like lurk for you know a week or two. But the other thing to to uh, to do is that you're on this like getting started page. is a lot of times is like what are you wanting to accomplish? Like it may be you know what I really actually want to your uh, earlier point you know example I want a styleable and extensible date picker. It's like okay if that's the case we actually do have a path for how to go bring and because what you're proposing is I actually want a new element because you're not going to be able for backup hat reasons to just replace input type date time local. We're probably going to come out with similar to how select menu is called select menu, not just select. Um, We'll probably come out with like date time, the element, right? At which point it's like, okay, you're going to do a ton of research. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're going to look at all the different potential uh, dates, you know, Libraries out there and stuff and you're going to come back and say, here's what I think the default anatomy should be. Here's how I think the behavior should be. And there's a ton of time spent there because again, going back to the accessibility scenarios, like, hey, are there things we're, we're including not including, I think if you go to the tabs, if you click the tabs right there off to the left. Um, and then you go to, um, yeah, uh, do a, a survey of analysis. Uh, no, the, the additional research. Yeah. So scroll down Sorry. like, Oh no, that was, yeah, that was fine. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, they did a great job of just doing an in depth because like, it's easy. A lot of people go, Oh, just tabs, whatever. Okay. It's tabs. <laughs> just you, you can keep scrolling down. We don't have to actually read all this. So I just want to show like the amount of like effort that they put into like looking at all these different things, because there's a, a bunch of different ways in which you could do tabs. Um, and, and like so it's
1: on each one. Exactly. And so like there's things where they're like, hey,
2: you know, technically in your if you if you go back and then go to the other one, so not this one, not the markup, but the other one, you'll kind of see what I the parts and parts and part concepts. I think is the one I'm talking about. This is I scroll down.
1: The API of deciding on these things is one of the biggest conversations anytime we would build a component. It was like, so yeah, how do we down. want to serve this? What's yeah, sorry. Like consumable, like putting them together, like,
2: yeah. Yeah, there's one in here that's like, I think even showing like games, for example. Like it was just one of those things where it was kind of like, uh, they, it, it was just, they did a really good job of just showing, yeah, here you go, like this. Like we don't ever come across this on the internet most of the time, but this is still technically tabs, right? And so it's one of those things you're kind of like, yeah, I don't want to just say, here's the tabs that I come across 80% of the time today. Let's ensure that like it's extensible is- to the points where it's able to achieve all of these. Sure, we'll come up with an opinion and a stance, but like we need to do the due diligence. And so there's actually, a, they, they've called this spicy sections. Um, I, this so looks like Winamp
1: yeah. from like the yeah.
2: 90s. Yeah, this is this is super old school, but it's one of those things where it's kind of like, hey, like we, so we do research not just on the web, we also go to native applications and stuff. And so if you're super interested in tabs, they actually have a affordance one. So yeah, here you go. This is tabs, for example. Like it's radial, it's in game, but it is still tabs. Like you have a segment and then it's going to show you additional content in the middle. Yeah. Um, and so they just did a ton of great research and are like, they've now built out a web component that mirrors what they think it should look like. And there's a ton of discussion happening from the accessibility layer. Cause it's oh. like, okay, like when you start thinking about it how should the tabs look on mobile versus on desktop versus, you know, basically based on real estate. And so it's one of those things that it's like, hey, you know, in most mobile scenarios, we actually don't want them then showing up as tabs like this. We actually want them to more look like summary details. And so it's like, we're there. there's a lot of great meaningful discussions happening because it's like, okay, then the accessibility may have to, to pivot based on that as well. And this is again, where it's like, we'll have all that user research backed yeah. and you'll be able to just go, okay, cool. Yeah, you want to extend it, but man, it does so much out of the box in the amount of time that, uh, the, the spicy they, they call themselves tab vendors. So if you you go to discord and you see the tab vendors channel, like you can join in, help these folks out. There's a, a core group of like three or four folks, uh, maybe more, but yeah, they just, they do an awesome, like, yeah. So you see Dave there from like, you know, uh, shop talk. If so, if you and, anyways, so there a ton of awesome work is happening in this space. And like, you could even just start there. Like, this is what they did. They went and built a native web component and are like providing it as a native web component, go use it, give us feedback. And it's like, they, we can then use that as an implementation and say, let's go actually now just build that in the browser engine in ways that would be probably a little bit more performant. But so other than that, it's a great, yeah.
1: Testing purposes, they're like serving them as web components, allowing people to use yep. them. That's awesome. And then hopefully they will eventually become an HTML element to be used.
2: Yeah, yeah. Wow. It gives you a way of playing with it now, yeah. That's, That's awesome.
1: really
0: cool. That's just going through that list is like that is so frightening to me. Like how long something like that will take and like everyone has to agree on it and like all of those standards is just like it's mind blowing when you think about the the implications something like that will have a government body like yeah. trying to pass things. How long, well, that's how long would you say, like,
2: yeah, go ahead. How how
0: long would you say if like you start to like prove out like we're getting close, like from time of like inception research to actual implementation these days, is that like a year, is that five years? What does that look like?
2: Uh, it'll of course depend on the complexity of the component. Um, like I to go back to one that I still have on my backlog that I haven't taken the time to do, but I feel is a good, it's one that I think some people like brush aside, but if you imagined actually a checkbox component um, that allowed like you to do like checkbox grouping and stuff, um, we could probably do the research if you dedicated time to it, you know, like maybe like ten to fifteen hours of decent research to put together kind of like what you saw there. Like what are all the different scenarios? Here's the expected behaviors. The specking is probably again another five day. And this is by the way, just the initial kind of proposal. probably another five to six hours. Uh, the implementation again of that is you you're probably looking at maybe a week's worth of engineering time would be my guess, Max, probably um that's me spitballing because i don't do much c++ contribution (laughs) so like that's me spitballing um but anyways like but the key is what you just were hitting on is like getting alignment by everybody getting it out the door to everyone and so it's like you're probably looking at the the smallest one probably being six months to a year probably of actually being able to use it like because you can get it behind a flag pretty quickly probably Mm -hmm. you know and like that's the case now you can go with select menu but like now let's talk about select menu actually being in Firefox and WebKit as well, to where it's like, you can actually then take a dependency on it, that's a whole nother discussion versus like, hey, we're finally getting agreements on hard discussions and alignment on select menu in general. Like when will it actually ship? If we see a chip in Chromium, let's say hypothetically in the next six months, I, I never want to speak for, speak for Apple because, like, we'll have to wait for them to yeah. provide that insights. But you're probably yeah. looking at probably at least another year post would be Jim, my guess at minimum. Doing a
1: good job over there trying to get them on track, right? No, I know. I, it's yeah. nothing.
2: It's nothing. I just don't want people. Like, I don't want people to hear oh, me no, say something. And then, yeah. exactly, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to like make people think that I've had chats with them and know something because it's like, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it's she is. Jen just, Simmons is working on Safari now, and she's doing great at like, sure. getting yeah. some of the things that they were. Yeah. Falling behind on, it, I guess, so Dude. to speak. So, yeah, Jen's wonderful. I got a, oh, I got a
0: the... shameless plug before you before oh, yeah. switch again. So, I, I threw together this like checkbox thing the other day. Uh huh. I think it's so fun. Like that to me. Is, oh, cool. Like that's, that's just a neat input, little transition. Xbox, and it's but you got some JavaScript
1: there. Yeah. What's your JavaScript? Yeah.
0: Doing? That's just putting like true faults in, just, yeah. just it's like checked. <laughs> But it's, it's still semantic, like it, it has yep. the whole thing and it's using it. So it's just me trying to fight, like, use the standards.
2: It'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really nice looking one.
1: Just true, false. You couldn't use the checked attribute. It looked like you did have the checked attribute there. You couldn't use pure CSS for that. I got to get Jay on that.
0: Maybe to <laughs> display if it's checked or not.
1: Um, yeah. So what I was asking is what needs the most work right now what do you need the most help with
2: um like i would just say i don't want to like put anything on the on the plate because like i think we've got a good movement going with uh select and pop-up right now and okay. so it would be more of like i would i would really encourage folks to join in and think about where they're passionate because there is no and we have areas that are good places to get started like just helping review prs like is actually super valuable like You don't have to come in there planning to save the world, but it's like just getting your feet wet, like triaging issues, like, hey, this needs this label versus that label. Like any little bit can help. And as you kind of get, you know, no, I do want to do a date picker and I've now, you know, been in here a little bit. Like I've jumped on more than enough. Jump on Discord, DM me. I have no problem. Like I've set up meetings with one offs with a few folks where it's like we go over kind of a game plan. So.
1: I think it's really amazing what you've done with this open community and calling it open UI. I mean, allowing anyone to join, like you said, those telecon agendas, like you can just jump in the discord, talk to people, like see the meeting without. So the fear of like open source contribution is that you don't know what's going on, but this allows you to get involved and kind of be a lurker in that community before you have to dip your feet all the way in.
2: And I'll share with you guys, but I, I have a recording. Uh, like so I, I'm sure you'll have to add this after the fact, but we had a, a gentleman come and present on a concept that, like, he hasn't really engaged in standards, didn't know like anything about it, how it worked or whatever, but was able to like once he we kind of like here let's codify how to go put together that story. He put in a presentation and was presenting it to OpenUI, and like there was agreement that it was a problem we're solving and and stuff of that nature. Um And it was one of those things that it's like it's a great like on ramp and that's always been one of the goals is like kind of cut your teeth with open UI and like we're still doing very impactful work, but like you actually are still presenting to, you know, different browser vendors and standards people that are in the CSS working group and stuff of that nature. And it's like so who knows where you go from there. Right. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Awesome. Well, I, I think we hit all of our questions for the most part. The only Let's thing see. I saw maybe Brittany removed was the Houdini connection. I just knew
1: that we were getting like towards yeah. the end. So I didn't know if we would have time for it. But yeah, I'd like to hear a minute about Houdini if you have like
2: a rundown. Yeah. So the I think you were talking about the relationship between the two. And to me, like the biggest thing was CSS Houdini was a part of the, there was a mantra for a long time of explain the platform. So basically have no magic. And so Houdini, getting out of boxes, right, was actually explaining the CSS um, the CSS magic, so the platform. So it's like all the Houdini, like the layout APIs and all those, the paint APIs and stuff were about providing those primitives that the engine had that weren't yet explained. The relationship is actually the exact opposite where I think that the standards body should be doing both. Like, yes, you should offer the toggles for developers to be able to touch the lower level primitives such as Houdini and stuff of that nature. But also a lot of devs just want very basic things like I also do just want you to give me a select menu that is extensible and maybe I just want to use it by default. I don't want to have to go build it like by default because if only if people only wanted that, like technically we have the canvas element and we can go home, right? Like (laughs) technically you can build every website to your own line layout and everything if you wanted to, right? So it's one of those things where it's like, it's actually the the relationship would be Houdini should likewise be happening in efforts such as that should happen. But we should also not lose sight of what made HTML so great when it first started, which is, it was approachable, it was easy to learn, it was easy to use, and it was resilient. So like, the open UI components are trying to be that resiliency where it's like, yes, you can extend them, but they're accessible and performant by default. Like, so it's like, they're bringing you that ease built into the platform and they're giving you that magic while still giving you the hooks that if you wanna go beyond that magic, you can, which goes back to our web components talk at the beginning of like, I would have preferred custom elements to just be like, when you type a dash, you've created a native custom web web component. If you wanna change the properties by all means, go in and define a custom element and change the properties. Maybe it's a closed shadow root and so on. And you can do that like some other way, but it's like, we should have both the, at Salesforce, we have a low code and a pro code paradigm of where you're doing drag and dropping, and then pro code is, of course, a coding. And it's like part of me is like a lot of the times I actually just want to live in the magic world, and every once in a while I want to go, you know, touch, you know, actually touch the, get into get my hands sturdy. But it's for very specific reasons. I don't want to do that for everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't agree. want a
0: little magic? If if you can move fast, but yeah, still get in. Like that's yes, the
2: exactly
1: that yeah. developer experience.
0: Awesome. Well, Greg, thanks so much. I know you're you're crazy busy, and uh, we stole an hour
2: of your day. We do,
1: yeah. Right. And and you did this instead of the telecon. I can't believe. That.
2: <laughs> well, no. Thank you to Hit and Open You Up for for, for making that happen because we've bumped this what three times now. So yeah, thank you all for the time and and the opportunity. This is this is awesome.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon.
1: We yep, didn't right. do
0: perfect picks. Oh, we didn't oh. do perfect. Picks. Oh my gosh! What am I what am I saying? Wow. <laughs> Should we, should we throw those in real quick?
1: Uh, Maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that
1: was
2: first. I'll follow first. you, guys I'll follow I, uh, you guys I was
1: also going to say we had another person who's in open UI Unicravitz on talking about making the web better. And I wanted to throw that mm. in the chat. If anyone wants to go watch that, because that was also a very good episode.
2: So I Una's totally, amazing.
0: I, I was totally lying. We're going to do perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Nice uh, transition. This, this is like the speed Dude. round, maybe. Um, so Greg already kind of talked about, uh, discord out there. We put the link out there. It's good to go. Greg has another fun pick for us though.
2: Yeah. So this is legal Eagle. I've been binging it lately and I was watching a, a lawyer show recently and basically all he does is takes videos and tells you how good or bad they did in law. And you can just determine whether or not they actually know what they're talking about or not. And I realized a lot of these movies, I actually don't want them doing it per the book because it would be really boring. Right. But it's, but it's really, it's a really fun show.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Great book. Design system.
1: Yes. My first one is the newsletter that I get once a week and it's got all these really nice curated design systems like newsletters so there's like our blogs rather so the newsletter sends you like five blog posts that were relevant in the design system world in that week and I think they're always great they're always well curated and well thought out and I just liked it thought it was a good episode for that
0: and then when you get tired and you need, something. when I need some water.
1: So in this one right now, I have the blue raspberry one. I don't know if you can find it, but there's there's ones with caffeine in them, but they have like no calories. There's no sugar in them. I just put it in my water and make it taste better. And I yeah, I have that berry blast one. I have is so many. Of like them. is
0: it a predetermined amount? Oops, you well,
1: the, it squirts, so you you can make it squirt longer, but I just do like squirt, 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 and I I don't know. I do like ten in a bottle, like.
0: Cool. As long as you're water. That's the key, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. It makes me drink
0: more water. Awesome. Uh, Fastify just released their 4.0 version. So if you ever use Express, uh, just think of this as, in my opinion, maybe it's written down somewhere, but a faster, more DX-friendly version of Express. And I think a lot of people <laughs> assume like <laughs> JS comes with Express or is Express or whatever, you can still use Node and yeah. use like Fastify or another library like this. And it's crazy performant.
1: Just reminded me of NPM and PMPM and PMPM is performant. No package. Manager. <laughs> it's like throwing shade at the.
0: This is like P the Express. Person. Ooh, that sounds weird. <laughs> Anyways, this is, this is kind of as simple as you can get at Hello World, but that's what it looks like. I think it's super clean and easy to write and crazy, crazy fast, apparently. So. Uh, My second pick I am actually on today is my Mac Studio. I took the uh, Adobe After Effects file that I could not run on my old computer and it was just impossible. Uh, Opened it up and immediately it started going and played and I was like whoa so it's crazy fast it does help i i bought the biggest baddest one he told me how
1: much ram i was like what
0: when when i have 128 gigs of ram and like 70 of it went to after effects (laughs) i'm like that's why you need it (laughs) the cool part too in in how this works is it's unified too uh i don't know if that's the right word but the gpu and the cpu can use it and it's amazing so Really cool. Really excited and happy about it so far. We'll see how it goes. Awesome. All right. Awesome speed round of perfect picks. Really appreciate it. (laughs) Again, Greg, thanks so much for coming on.
2: Yeah, thank you. You all have a good one.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks. Later.
2: We didn't warn him.